the Wrong Side of the Red Line Dallas Stars Podcast. Here is your host, Sean Shapiro. The uh, trade deadline has come and gone, and the Dallas Stars finished the uh, the deadline by trading away four players over the course of, what, what has it been, five days now, I think? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, over the course of five days, obviously starting with uh, Patrick Eves uh, last Friday for a conditional second-round pick, then trading away uh, Jordy Ben for uh, Greg P- uh, Patterson and a, and a fourth-round pick. And then trading away Johnny Oduya to the uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks for a conditional fourth round pick and a uh, and a AHL player prospect who I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. What is his name? Hold on, McNeil. Uh, yeah, McNeil. Mark McNeil. And then uh, and then today you had uh, right before the deadline a deal that was announced. Uh, about 15 minutes after the deadline, the Stars traded away Lori Korpakoski to um, to the Columbus Blue Jackets for an AHL defenseman. In um, let me just make sure I get these AHL guys' names right real quick. Um, the uh, AHL defenseman's name. What was his name? Dylan Hetherington. Yeah, Dylan Hetherington, who has been playing with the, uh, who's a 21-year-old defenseman who has been playing with the Lake Erie, now the Cleveland Monsters, in uh, in the AHL. Um, it was, uh, and we'll talk about the Patrick Sharp news in a minute because I think that's the really big news why he wasn't trading. We'll talk about that in a minute, but real quick, uh, we had touched on the, uh, we had talked at length on Monday about the Patrick Patrick Eves trade. We had a quick reaction to the Jordy Ben trade because we literally were recording when we found out about it, um, and then we've had two other trades since then. So when you look at the final three trades the Stars made, Ryan, what, do you, what are your thoughts on those? I think overall the return is relatively, I mean, just in a vacuum, relatively underwhelming. You don't think a lot about fourth-round picks that become conditional third-round picks or whatever, and when you look at a guy like Mark McNeil, I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's an AHL player and if he makes any Mm -hmm. contributions at the NHL at any point in his time in Dallas, I think that's a win. Um, but when you look at who the stars were able to trade, I think the fact that they were able to get what they got is pretty remarkable. You look at, I mean, Laura Korpikoski was a guy that they signed what three days before the season started to kind of just fill a roster spot Mm -hmm. that had become necessary because of injuries. So the fact that they were able to turn him into a guy who legitimately can be a third-pairing NHL defenseman in the future is, it's obviously, that's obviously a win. The fact that they were able to get anything for Johnny Aduya, who's been hurt for most of the last month, is a win in and of itself. And I think the, um, I think kind of the most important thing here that's kind of getting overlooked a little bit is it finally gets rid of that logjam on defense where over these next 20 games or so they can kind of just go out and look at the young guys and kind of take stock of what they have and start planning for next year on defense so that's obviously a big benefit as well yeah I like the uh the uh I really like the fact that you were able to get something from Korpikoski we had uh, been watching in the press box lately and obviously the original thought was everyone would be watching Patrick Sharp uh, but Korpikoski's actually played pretty well lately 
and we thought he might play himself into being worth a, a conditional draft pick or something like that, and obviously he ended up getting them a prospect. Uh, Korpikoski is a guy who was on a PTO uh, in Calgary before the Stars signed him, and you were able to maybe... Uh, and Hetherington's a guy who, whenever you're trading, whenever you're getting a prospect for a mid-level uh, veteran player like this, um, there's some things that have gone wrong in their career, or maybe there's a bit of a jump they need to get over. Hetherington kind of got buried a little bit by the Columbus depth, and obviously Columbus has a really young defense. Like, you look at Columbus's core, even if he was great, he wouldn't have had a chance really, um, he really wouldn't have had that much of a chance to break through into that team. Um, it's, uh, but I, it's a good deal to get something for Korpakoski. I think, um, uh, I don't think you would have thought that he would have been an asset or worth an asset when, when you, when you signed him before the season, obviously he was only signed as an injury replacement. The other thing I like about, uh, and just quick, my quick, I want to quick t- uh, touch on the Oduya deal real quick, um. Odilla, I think, obviously an injured... Johnny Odilla actually probably got you what an injured Johnny Odilla could get you. Um, it's a pretty underwhelming deal. Um, but, as you said, there's value in allowing that logjam to be gone because Odilla is not a... Uh, Odilla, you weren't going to re-sign next season. And Mark McNeil's a long-term project, and obviously a fourth-round pick is a long-term project because if they weren't if if you weren't able to trade Oduya i think they might have just shut him down they might have just started scratching him anyway because they would have wanted to let the kids to play it if he was still here or at least that's what management would have wanted Lindy Ruff might have kept playing him but from a star's perspective it's better to have him gone and maybe you turn a long-term project into success um i was talking to uh, i don't i was actually uh, talking with someone who was uh, familiar with his play in Rockford and they said Good player, a little more physical than uh, McNeil's a little bit more physical than you think of a uh, goal scorer. And there's times he shows that first round talent, but he just hasn't really been able to put it together consistently. So maybe he puts together something consistently. Um, worst case scenario is an AHL depth player, and obviously that we we've seen that with that that AHL team can use some help right now. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's another body. It's a guy who obviously is a past first round pick, so he has some talent there and. I, I'm not necessarily a big believer in, you know, this guy needs a change of pace so and so. Unless you're talking about a guy with serious talent, like a couple soft seasons ago, Phil Kessel needed a change of pace, but those mm-hmm. were for completely different circumstances than, say, Mark McNeil would need a change of change mm-hmm. of scenery or anything like that. So I mean, I mean, maybe he does come in. You know, he gets an invite to camp next year and he impresses and he becomes a bottom six player. But I, th- I think the fact that we're I mean, we're talking Monday. Johnny Oduya is just coming back into the lineup. Are they even going to be able to move him now? So yeah. the fact that you're able to able to get any return on that whatsoever, I think, is a win. And I and I think it's honestly it's good for uh, I think it's good to have Oduya out of there just for the fact that it's, he was a he was a roadblock that was forcing. Lindy Ruff has proven to us that he is not going to he's going to he forces younger players to live on thin ice. Pun mm-hmm. complete. Pun completely intended. He forces players to live. Younger players to live on thin ice, and by by doing so, by him, uh, by by Jim Nil basically trading away one of the older players that he could have played, he creates a scenario where he has to play go young players. He'll obviously keep Ham Hughes in the lineup, and he'll. Uh, but really, I mean, your second oldest player on your defense now is is John Kling. I mean, second most seasoned player on your defense now is John Klingberg. Right, um, it's a really. And that's young the same defense. thing with the same thing with trading Jordy Ben too. I mean, yeah. 
I never thought that I would see the day when Star Sands were shedding tears over them getting rid of Jordy Ben. But I, he's a good player. He's a very serviceable player, and I think he's going to be incredibly important to Montreal down the stretch here. But if Jordy Ben is a second-pairing guy for you, then, I mean, that says more about your defense than it does about Jordy Ben, in my opinion. And, and now I, it's this team is at a place now where it just it needs to start. Jim No can say all he wants about you know we're still in it blah blah blah. But this team needs to start focusing on next year, and that needs to start with getting these young guys ice time in regular season games so they can kind of start to get more experience. Yeah, and I think uh, it's Jordy Ben getting traded away. I I know people aren't going to believe people aren't going to believe this, but. It actually had a lot to do with the expansion draft. And here's the reason why. I, I think because people, everyone everyone plays around with their expansion draft tools and you have fun with it. But as you and I have talked about, everyone overvalues their own players. Correct. Everyone overvalues their own players. And Vegas isn't going to do, I mean, Vegas isn't going to build their team completely off best available. Best available, what who, who you think is best available using a very fun tool, I admit, on Cap Friendly. Vegas needs to have players like Jordy Ben. Well, I obviously I think if Val Nichushkin was left exposed, he'd be the perfect pick for Vegas. Uh, but Vegas is going to need defensemen who have the right temperament to be a third, a second pairing guy, has a really good contract, and is a stay at home defenseman. That's Jordy Ben. That I mean, it's I, I know people aren't going to. I mean, I, I know there's some people who doubted and didn't believe that that. Uh, um, didn't believe that he was part of the uh, that expansion actually didn't do it, but I really actually believe that I think I think Vegas re- it really came into play and the fact that Vegas Vegas has a potential right now where even though they couldn't officially start talking to teams right now you know their scouts and their GMs and everyone like that they've been talking they've been talking you know that it's been and so there's definitely a feeling out there that Jordy Ben could have been lost in the expansion draft and you get you get Greg Patterson in there and I look at Greg Patterson as it's I look at Greg Patterson right now as the seventh defenseman frankly um he's going to uh you might play him here and there but I he's a guy who I think he continued to play the young kids. He gets in a game here and there, and if he's on this roster next year, I think he's your seventh defense. He's he's your seventh defenseman as a right-handed guy. You can come in and play, right? And that's and he's only true seventh guy. And he has a seventh defenseman salary at eight hundred thousand dollars a year. So I, that's what that's what pattern is. Um, I mean, it's you also get a four, you also get the fourth round pick, and and here's the other deal too, which I was thinking about. Maybe maybe this was a factor that. Um, so you've, you've, have you, you've heard about how Vegas can make trades for future considerations to protect certain players and to, to give, so the stars now consider this and just something where the stars have nine picks in the upcoming draft. They have six in the top four rounds. The stars can now use an extra fourth round pick and trade it to Vegas to maybe protect an extra defenseman. Instead of now, instead of having to choose now, instead of having to choose between Jamie Alexiak and Stephen Johns, um, after you protect Klingberg and Essel and Dell, maybe you can protect both of them just using future considerations. If you give a fourth round pick to Las Vegas to protect Stephen Johns or protect Jamie Alexiak, just just think about just it's. I'm not saying that's been finalized or anything like that, but just 
there's food for thought there that this is that fourth round pick could come into play because we don't know expansions obviously no one knows exactly how this is going to work but that that those extra picks could turn into obviously extra players or they could be used in that type of capacity to kind of help protect your team for the expansion right exactly and i mean you're looking at a team in las vegas that's going to obviously need to start accumulating a prospect pool really quickly and what better way to do that than especially when you're talking about a guy like Stephen Johns versus Jamie Alexiak, two guys who aren't necessarily proven at this level who are at this point still all potential. You know, get an extra fourth-round pick in there that you can use to start developing a farm system. Yeah, so that makes sense. It, yeah, and, I mean, it's... Overall, it's, 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 it, it, the expansion really did have an impact this year at the trade deadline. I think that's kind of what we're hammering this down to. Um, now I want to... Real quick, I want to get it... Not real quick, but just... Discuss real quick. Uh, obviously, the name that was not moved at the deadline was Patrick Sharp, um, which was it's not a surprise today after the reports that came out last night, but it certainly um, was a surprise yesterday when uh, Elliot Friedman um, tweeted that the stars that uh, that Sharp would be meeting with team doctors and that he probably wouldn't be healthy enough to trade. Um, it was then confirmed today by. Uh, uh, Jim Neal confirmed today that Sharp will need to have season-ending surgery at some point. Um, and I'm actually I'm going to drop the audio in real quick on what he said from that right now, and then we'll discuss it. Yeah, Patrick, he's, he's been playing injured for quite a while. Uh, he will require season-ending surgery here eventually, uh, where he's going to keep playing as long as he can here. We're going to monitor it kind of game by game, and uh, then we'll make that decision. But he will require season-ending surgery, so that's the reason he, he was not treated. Can you say what the injury is? Uh, I'd rather not right now. He, he's still playing, and not, so I'd rather not uh, show the opposition uh, what his injury is. So we'll, we'll, he'll keep playing, and we'll make that decision later on. Do you think the surgery will be sooner than later, something he can get to the end of the season with? We're, we're going to monitor kind of game by game. We'll, we'll, we'll play that by year as we go. Does he want to play? Yes, play? yes, yeah. No, he's he's an NHL player. He he, he wants to play. He uh, he's a big part of the leadership group in this team. And uh, you know, uh, it's crazy. It sounds we're not out of it yet. And until we're out of it, uh, you know, these guys are digging in, and they should be. They're professional. Their job is to play every night, uh, and it's the coach's job to prepare them every night. And that's that's the way we're taking it. Was he uh, a potential trade piece, or just what were the conversations like with other with when others inquired about him and de- and dealing with the injury? Well, when teams called, I told them right away uh, that, that he was injured. You, you can't treat an injured player, so I was very upfront with teams. And uh, you know, the, the other teams are preparing for their, you know, they got to do their moves also. So it was important that they know that he, he was off the table. So he was off the table for since the start, since the injury started, or was, it, was there ever a chance he might have been a possibility? It was possible. We were monitoring the injury. It was, we, we were monitoring it, and it just started to, to get worse and worse. So I finally knew that uh, he, he was not able to be play, to to play past a certain time. So the uh, obviously the sharp injury we as we just heard directly from Jim there that it's he's going to need surgery it's going to be season ending surgery at some point and really he was never on the trade market we don't know what is in we don't we don't know what the injury is as as you heard there um, it's a it's kind of a weird situation isn't it oh yeah for sure because it wasn't I mean obviously. I saw someone brought up to you last night as it is a concussion, and obviously it wouldn't yeah. be because he wouldn't be playing with that. I can, yeah, I can, um, I can, I can one hundred percent confirm it's not the concussion because it's 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 not that. So maybe you think back to the 
the collision he got in a couple of weeks ago against uh, I don't even uh, Minnesota against Minnesota Minnesota that's right mm-hmm. against Minnesota so you go back to that maybe think it was something like that but yeah I think everyone had just assumed up until last night that Patrick Sharp was getting moves and obviously that's unfortunate but I mean obviously unfortunate for the stars because that's something you're not getting for obviously your biggest trade piece though to be completely fair there wasn't really too much of a market for scoring wingers today mm-hmm. but Detroit Detroit did, didn't get anything really for Thomas Vanek Redeem for Bada didn't get moved at all Colorado obviously held on to their two guys so I mean I don't know if everyone if the market or the everyone was just overvaluing their players and the price was too high and no one was willing to budge on it or if there just wasn't really a market out there so it's it's not like we can sit here and say well this is what the stars would have gotten but I mean it's also you look at it it's unfortunate fortunate for Patrick too because he's a guy who's 35 years old he's heading into what could be his last NHL contract he's in a contract year right now he's not had a very good year because I mean the point totals aren't there but when he was in the lineup but he's obviously been hurt a lot this year with different ailments that sometimes you can't control so now he's going to be going into free agency as a 35 36 year old with not a lot to go off of so I get why he wants to continue playing because you don't you don't want to shut yourself down now and just completely ruin your chances at a decent contract next year so yeah and and it's 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 a thing where it's a situation where it's the star's hands were tied on this it's i I know someone told me jim nill was an idiot someone told me on twitter that jim nill was an idiot for not getting anything for him even 50 cents on the dollar but once you learn that he's injured and he's and he's the players made the decision to play through it and once he's and once eventually he's gonna need season-ending surgery there's no value there because it's literally they're going to deal with it game by game. He, Patrick Sharp's last game this season may be tomorrow against the Islanders if it's too bad. It's mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. no one would have uh, no one would have uh, no one would have traded for him. Um, it's just it, it, right. And I saw um, someone tweeted at Heike too. Like this doesn't look good on the Stars medical staff. If this isn't a medical staff thing, no. is a medical professional. You go to the player and you say, "Hey, this is what your deal is right now. You can keep playing through it." And it's not going to really get any worse. It, it's probably going to hurt like hell, but you're not going to make it any worse. And then the play, it's completely 100% up to the player if they give him that information and say you can keep playing, but it's it's going to hurt. Yeah. It, so this is all. This is a 100% Patrick Sharp decision right now to continue to play with through this ailment. Yeah, and there's not, and it's. I know it, he he wants to keep playing through it, and so it's it's it, it really is his decision. If he was. Because he could have decided to shut it down, get the surgery, and say, you know what, I'm going to just try and come back healthier and, and, and have my surgery now and come back healthier for my a new contract next year. So this isn't on, I mean, it's on A-Star, it's on Patrick Sharp, but this isn't something the Stars could have done more from. Um, I want to get to uh, get to some Twitter questions because I threw that out there before I left the rink and drove over here, drove back home to record the podcast here. Um, I just go through a couple questions here that we'll address. Um, could the Stars have gotten more for Patrick Eves if they had waited to trade him, or is that utter nonsense? Um, I don't think it's utter nonsense. I I still think you weren't going to get... I don't think you were going to get a first-round pick for Eves. Maybe you could have gotten a second and a prospect, but I don't think... I don't think there's much more you could have gotten for Eves, looking how things kind of played out. Right, really? The only better deal that... I saw at least off the top of my head for a forward was the one that we talked about on Monday, and that was Martin mm-hmm. Hansel. Yeah. Like, you look at today what – I go back to Thomas Vanek again. Detroit got a – was it just a straight third-round pick or was it conditional? I don't uh, know. I think, I think it was, it was a straight, straight third-round third round pick. pick, yeah. Plus, 
Dylan McElrath, who's kind of like Mark McNeil in the sense he's a former first-round pick who hasn't really panned and, out. And McElrath's been so, waived twice this year, I believe. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah. So, I mean... The, the fact that I think that makes the, the return stars the stars got for ease look even better to be completely honest. Yeah. So it, the, the the trade that I actually just question and it's and I know it's it's because of his health, but just if the stars got a fourth round pick for Johnny Oduya while Detroit got a second and a third for Smith, that's just the one. That's the market that I kind of that's the market that I kind of question where. I feel like, I mean, obviously a healthy Johnny Oduya is a big factor, but I feel like Johnny Oduya is a better player than, than, than Brendan Smith. I don't know if I'm wrong. I mean, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't watched Brendan Smith play as much this season, but I just thought that was kind of, I thought Detroit got a much better return on a defenseman. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking for a complaint, you look at what Detroit got for Smith as opposed to what the Stars got for Oduya. Yeah, right. And I think, I definitely saw some stuff on Twitter that there's a lot of, underlying love for Brandon Smith I don't know what because like I said I don't watch the Red Wings I haven't really looked mm-hmm. too far into the Red Wings stats to kind of justify anything I saw but there seemed to be a lot of love for Brandon Smith out there so mm-hmm. that's I mean that's why I wanted to, to Trey Ham used to be completely honest but it is what it is um let's see next question um the uh well actually I'll jump to the question real quick about that uh, thoughts on leaving meat on the bone and not dealing either Hoodler or Hamhuse um it's, it wasn't the Stars' decision to not deal Hoodler. If there was a deal for Hoodler, they would have dealt him. Um, they didn't leave any meat on the bone with Hoodler. If there was a deal for Hoodler, they would have dealt him. I just, I, I, I'm gonna, if, even if it was a seventh or sixth round pick, even if it was a Steve Ott type of deal, um, they would have dealt Yuri Hoodler if there was any offer. That's that's just plain and simple. Um, right. Dan Hamhuse, I would have liked to see them maybe uh, capitalize on that market. Um, I would have I would have liked to see that. Um, I don't have too many problems with it because I don't I think he's not a bad piece to potentially have next year, and he's and maybe he's not a bad piece to leave open for expansion. Um, but right, that's the other thing too is I didn't really think about before is if you trade Ham Hughes, then would you have enough guys that you ha- you would be able to leave exposed for expansion on defense next uh, year? I don't think so. So maybe that's. Yeah why that they didn't move him especially after they moved Jordy and well Oduya is a non-factor in that but that would explain that too yeah um with uh question uh sticking with defense here with uh with with a pattern via trade and Honka a potential trade potential post-deadline call-up uh will pattern and Nemeth be the sacrificial scratches um Nemeth will probably be scratched I mean I think I I don't think pattern's gonna play tomorrow I think he's gonna be the scratch tomorrow I think I think Patteron is the guy who will get some games, but I think really they're going to ride more of the Alexia, the, the young guys they have in place right now. Um, Honka will come up at some point and play, and at that some at some point you'll have a decision made between who's been playing the best and who will sit. Um, but I really think Patteron is the guy who ends up ends up sitting more than the others of the of the seven on the roster right now. Right, he's the guy that when you look at a traditionally configured roster, he's the guy that you have on your bench unless someone gets hurt or unless someone has a god-awful game and you need to send a message by throwing someone else in there, in my opinion at least. Um, Sticking with the defense, uh, we still have some from Justin Schmidt. We still have a defensive logjam. Nil grabs two big shutdown guys. What's the future look like on the back end? Um, 
Yes and no. I mean, the, uh, the they're two big shutdown guys, as in they're big and they they play a shutdown game, and that's who they are. They're not big shutdown NHL players right now. Um, obviously, the uh, uh, Patterson is a only played twenty six games with Montreal, and is a guy who we just talked about him. I think he's the seventh on this team right now, um, and uh, the other uh, and obviously with. Uh, with with the other trade today in uh, with Hetherington, Hetherington is only twenty one, and I don't think I think Hetherington's at least two years from being an NHL roster thought. So um, you actually di- you mm-hmm. didn't hurt the logjam. Um, and the bigger the, how the log the logjam is figuring out from what you have. The logjam is is kind of taking what you have right now and figuring it out and seeing which of this group you want to keep for next year. Um, and frankly, the bigger logjam for me is you have Matthias Backman down in the AHL and you need to, uh, and he could be a good NHL player, but you need to find a way either to make him part of your NHL roster next year or maybe deal him before the draft because that's that's the logjam in my mind since I know he's a player who, if he doesn't get an opportunity in the NHL next year, he'll be gone. Right, I can, I can imagine that. He might be a piece of a bigger deal in the offseason to maybe acquire a goaltender or a different defenseman or a larger package. I don't know. But mm-hmm. but I think that I think that if we're talking about just this year, I think that he would be up before Dylan Hetherington would. I think yes. the only way Dylan Hetherington sniffs the NHL this year is if something awful happens and they have five guys contract the mumps at the same time. Yeah, Dylan Hetherington's only a uh, only only a coming up and if it is an emergency recall. Um, especially since Honka's down there too. I mean, Honka's eight right now in the depth chart. I, I, I'd argue Honka is is on this team right now. You've got the six who are going to pl- who played last night will play tomorrow. Um, uh, Patterson's seven, but he's technically behind Honka. Let's be honest. Honka comes up. Honka will play. Um, mm-hmm. Last last one, or I might have got another one coming here right before the deadline. Pun intended. Um, now that we've made our uh, Deadline trains. What does our expansion draft prep look like specifically? Who do we expose at forward? Obviously, still lots of time before the expansion draft for things to finalize. Um, but the uh, I, I still think it's Antoine. I still think you have Antoine Roussel exposed at the deadline, um, just because if we go through that list of seven right now, you have Tyler Sagan's protected, Jamie Benz protected, uh, Jason Spezza's protected. Um, Radic Fox is protected. Brett Ritchie's protected. Cody Eakin is protected. People aren't going to like that statement, but Cody Eakin is going to be protected. The stars like Cody Eakin. Brett Ritchie will be protected. Brett Ritchie's a right wing that they like, who they, they think can potentially be turned into that first line, top six right winger who can score 25 goals a year. He has that if he, if he finishes a little bit more. Um, so that leaves Antoine Roussel as uh, being exposed at forward. And I know people aren't going to like that and they'd like to like him to be come back but that's just how the numbers look and with how what this organization will probably do right now right it's because really it's between you have two spots for three guys and that's Russell Egan and Val Nachuskin which I mean I feel like still most people still don't process the fact that yeah 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 I forgot to list Nachushkin there but you have to protect Nachushkin but yeah. you, you listed Richie twice, yeah okay that's what I that, that's I, what, I, yeah. knew, I knew where yeah. you I knew where yeah. you're going you have to that. protect Val Nachushkin and they will yeah and there's there's absolutely no reason to not because at this point he's it's like leaving your top prospect open and you that's just asinine to do you don't do that mm-hmm. so I mean 
And obviously, Antoine Roussel is a useful player, but when you com- I mean, just compare it to everything else that you have going on right there. You, I, I feel like the tiebreaker is protecting the young center over the youngish winger. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's. I know people aren't going to like that, but it's just. And the other thing too with Antoine Roussel is people don't like Cody Eakin's contract right now at what three point eight five. Antoine Roussel makes two million this year. He's going to make two million next year. Antoine Roussel is going to want Cody Eakin. I know, and he's not going to be worth it. But Cody, Mm -hmm. but Antoine Roussel is going to want Cody Eakin money after next season. It's just and so agreed. And someone will give it to him on the open market. Yes, somebody will give it to him on the open market. And so, um, I think the most important thing though to remember about expansion right now is even though it's post trade deadline, by no means is none of this set because there's still going to be a ton of stuff that happens after the season. So all this, I mean, while it looks set right now, and I think the Stars did a lot the last week to kind of signify the route that they want to go, there's still a lot that can happen after the season. And I'm sure Jim Neal will be in a position because there's a lot of teams who are going to need to move really good players so they don't lose them for nothing. And I think Jim Nell will be in a position where he'll want to try to capitalize on that. I agree. That. I mean, I think, I think Roussel is a potential, if you could see him potentially traded, I, you could see him potentially traded for assets. So you could see something like that. Um, it's certainly going to be an interesting year. Um, essentially the, uh, Last question there we already answered, so I'll, I'll, I'll let that one go. Um, before we go, you have one thing to keep in everyone. I want you to keep in mind as you go forward. Um, for one, Alish Hemsky actually good, really good news out today. Alish Hemsky will probably play tomorrow against the Islanders, uh, which I, I'm shocked. I would not have believed he would have played this season after uh, he had the surgery around the hip surgery on Halloween. Um, but the uh, thing to keep an eye on over the final. Uh, 20 games this season. Uh, teams are only allowed four non-emergency call-ups for the final uh, after the trade deadline, which means which means that the uh, essentially there's only f- there's four AHL players that'll get another opportunity to play a game in the NHL this year, um, and I think that's a group of we'll probably see Jason Dickinson play in another NHL game. We'll see Remy Ellie, we'll see Honka up here, and then I think they save that fourth spot for the likes of a. Stransky, maybe a Backman, maybe a Justin Dowling, maybe a Jamel Smith, whoever's playing the best at the time, and they maybe throw them a bone at the end of the season. Um, I don't want them to, I don't want Dennis Gurionov to get a call up yet because I don't, I want you to be, I want you to trust the process, for lack of a better word, with him, and I want you to let him continue to play down there and don't rush him. Agreed. Um, so that's been the trade deadline. Um, We'll be back on. We'll be back to talk on Monday, and I'm not sure. Uh, I guess we'll just be talking about Alex Hemsky on Monday, right? Yeah, Alex Hemsky, and uh, not a lot else. We got <laughs> we got all of our talking points out of the way today. I mean, we'll have. Uh, I guess we'll just have sharp watch for the rest of the season because. And Jim Nil did tell us, and so Jim Nil did say, uh, as everyone probably heard in the audio. He will tell. He will admit what the uh, injury is at the end of the season. Not nothing to the season. He'll admit the injury once Sharp has the surgery. He just wants to wait till after Sharp has the surgery to admit it because he doesn't want that to be intel for other teams. Mm-hmm. To other teams, right. other teams know Sharp's hurt. He's told other GMs that, but the, it, the he hasn't been giving out the direct intel of what it is because the. Uh, 
you don't want the Ryan Reeves of the world to say, oh, well, it's a, uh, it's a hip. Let's, let's give that butt end to a hip. Like, things like that. Right. We have uh, Yanmark watch, we do. Uh, he's not going to play this year, though. He'll, uh, I know he's not going to play, but it'll be, it'll be nice to follow his pro- progress. It though. will be. And Adam Cracknell's probably going to be back in about three or five days, three to five days, which is shocking after what his initial injury there looked like. So, yeah, there you go. We can have an injury watch mm-hmm. through March. Yeah. Happy March. Yeah, happy March. Well, uh, everyone, hope you enjoyed the deadline. You can now, uh, you can now tr- take off your phone Twitter notifications from Bob McKenzie. <laughs> and you uh, don't have to worry about uh, having your dinner plans ruined by someone getting traded. Yeah, there you All go. All right, everyone. We'll... You more so than other people, though. <laughs> I know. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to go to dinner tonight, and I'm going to go see a movie tomorrow. And I'm going to. No, I'm, I'm covering a game tomorrow. Never mind. I'll go see a movie on Saturday. Um, <laughs> there you go. Everyone, uh, we'll talk on Monday. Uh, have a good one. <laughs>